Here we go. All right. I want to say some things to you tonight as we re, uh, progress in the faith of the Son of God. And I want us to really, you, you know, consider it, which I know we do. Uh, but I just want to stress a couple things. And uh, the, the first couple of scriptures we look at tonight, uh, I, if, if I could, I'd put exclam exclamation points after them. And, and I uh, believe these scriptures will bring a lot of clarity into our hearts and our minds. Uh, but I'll read them, and then I'll just go through what I feel like the Lord is saying to me here. And starting with Romans chapter 1. Verse 13, Paul writes uh, to the Romans, he says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come to you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and to salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith or out of faith. Now, once you flip over to Galatians 1 and hold your place also in Romans 1. But Galatians 1, verse 1, and then we're going to jump down to verse uh, 11. Verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And I want to put a big exclamation uh, mark right here. Verse 11, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. 
I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now, I'm going to bring your mind back after reading this to Romans 1. Paul saying, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome. Then back here, what we just read. God separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. As much as is in me to reveal his son in me. All right, do you see a parallel in these scriptures. We, we sometimes make comments. Why are there so many voices in the earth? Why do the voices not agree? Why are there so many doctrines? Why are there so many teachings? And I believe if we pay particular attention to what Paul says here and we're honest in our hearts, this is the answer. Paul wasn't preaching something he had learned from being a Jewish scholar by being a Pharisee. He was preaching out of that which was within him. And I believe that's the answer, that Christianity is lacking to some degree. Some degree, that's that's why that's why you may hear, and I'm not, and I don't mean this wrong as I make these uh, statements because because they're a little hard. But you may hear hear a teaching. You say, "Well, that's kind of shallow." We can only teach according to that which is within us. Revealed within us. I mean, I mean, you say, well, Christ is in us. That's true. But how much of him do we know? And see, this is the this is the issue in Christianity is knowing him. And uh, and a lot of times we we try to comprehend ideas or scriptures. Like we'll get we'll get a scripture and we'll run it down and we'll try to comprehend it. And I've done this. And we seem like there's no way I can come to the comprehension of it. I, I keep looking and looking and looking, and it doesn't fulfill my heart. I, I even come sometimes say, Well, I believe that's right, but my heart's not sure. 
And it's because the heart is only assured in it as he is revealed. I don't care what we're talking about. Kingdom message, manifest sons message, Christ in you message, deeper life message, Pentecost message. I don't care. He must be revealed. And that's, and that's the ultimate issue, is Christ being revealed. And the challenge I believe we have with church people is they're not looking for Christ to be revealed. So, so, the, so the, the, the subject of Christ being revealed is not even on their mind. So when you sit down with a Christian, you start having a conversation with a Christian about the revealing of Jesus Christ going on in your heart and mind. A lot of times that's completely foreign to them. But I believe as, as we delve into the Gospels of Paul, of Peter, of John, that they were setting that before the early church, that they were looking for, anticipating the appearing of the Lord in all things, to grow up into him in all things. That was the, the anticipation of their heart was that Christ would be revealed in all things. And I could not get away from the scripture. I really had studied and prepared for tonight. And I guess we're going to jump on over into what I've studied and prepared. But this morning as I sat before the Lord, just couldn't get away from it. He was just speaking to my heart as much as is in me. I will preach the gospel, Paul said. So the capacity of Christ that Paul could preach was the capacity of Christ that was revealed. And that's of utmost importance, that a people sit till the Lord come. Now, when I say till the Lord come, I mean till he appears within you, till the heavens are opened, till we see the Lord by the Spirit of God and we begin to know him. Well, that was really the direction of my heart for this group. And I felt like the Lord was really speaking to this group here. Now, to move on in what we have been looking at, the just shall live by faith. I love that, shall live. And how we live is by faith. So it's of utmost importance to get a hold of faith because it's how we live. 
And as we've looked at the last couple lessons, in the Old Testament, it says the just shall live by his faith. So how we live is by his faith. And one of the things we started in this teaching, and, and I mentioned it with Brother, Brother Jim, said his faith becomes our faith. And the more I'm in this study, the more I see that. You know, we believe into him. So, so as a Christian, you believe into what he's done. But then what he's done is applied to your heart. That's his faith. Okay. So Jesus is pretty sure of himself being raised from the dead. I could say he's completely sure of himself. So the surety of Christ, the sureness of Christ, the assurance of Christ is what is being measured out in our hearts. The assurance of him. The assurance of his death. The assurance of his burial. The assurance of his resurrection. The assurance of his life is the faith of the Son of God. We live by the faith of the Son of God. We believe into it. We can say through our faith. But then we receive that of Him. His assurance. His assurance in justification. How sure do you think Jesus is in justification? Completely. Fully. Why he's so sure in all these things is he himself fulfilled them. He himself was justified, as we looked at in the last lesson. He was vindicated. So that is ministered into our hearts by the Spirit of the living God. That of him. That of him. And we are made one with that of him. So our heart comes to know the justification of the Lord. And that's living. See, folks, we, we, we look at this, this word to live. To live. The just shall live by faith. And we, and we talk a lot about living. Well, here's a big question. What does it mean to live? I've been breathing oxygen naturally for 54 years. 
but that ain't living. Living is the awareness of Jesus Christ in our soul. That's living. So if the awareness of Jesus Christ is worked in me, that I've been made righteous, then I'm living in righteousness by the faith of the Son of God. And that's what we're after, is to live in this land that God has brought us to in Christ. That's what every heart and mind, everyone that has come into a deeper reality of the Lord, if we use that word, is to live in his presence. And the just shall live by faith. And we've, we've looked at this justification and righteousness the last three lessons shall live by faith. And he tells us faith comes by hearing. Flip over to Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing. Ten five. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Man, oh man. There's the righteousness of the law. But the righteousness on faith speaks. Listen to that. The righteousness of faith speaks. Here's what it says on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The righteousness of faith. What does the righteousness of faith say? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the heart man believes unto righteousness, and confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him for who so ever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here's the righteousness of faith. Whosoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. 
because we're brought in to the Lord Jesus. We're brought in to him, to his work. God raised him from the dead. Then going on down here, verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, the rhema of God, that which is spoken of God. Now that which is spoken of God is Christ. That's what's spoken of God. So when I hear that spoken of God, faith comes. That's where it comes. Faith comes. When I hear that spoken of God. Now the New American Standard says... Faith cometh through the word of Christ. Same thing. The rhema of God. The rhema of Christ. So I hear that. See, Jesus put an emphasis on hearing in the Gospels. In John 5, he said, they that hear shall live. They that hear, the just shall live by faith. And here, and here you have hearing, faith comes by hearing. The faith of the Son of God. The assuredness of Christ comes by hearing him declared in us by the Spirit of the living God. So if I'm not hearing him declared in me by the spirit of the living God, I may have a small measure working in me. I, I, I want to be careful how I say this because Christ, if Christ is in you, you got a full dose of the Lord, but you may have a small measure of him working of him activate of the knowing of him I, I I may not know how to say say this exactly so it's of utmost importance for us to hear and hear that spoken of the Spirit of God. 
hear the declaration of Jesus Christ by the Spirit of the living God. Not just, not just a head knowledge, but the heart hearing the Lord. To be built up in him. Well, so I wrote this down, the word of faith, the rhema of faith, or the substance of him. And I said, does the comprehension of him affect the rhema spoken? I'm talking about spoken from you and I here. Does the comprehension of him that working of him affect what's spoken. And I, and I wrote down an example. Saved and on my way to heaven. Okay. That's a comprehension of Christ. It is. It's a comprehension of Christ because you, you're saved and you know through him there's something better. It's just we put the something better over there. So, so I'm going to call that a comprehension. Whether I'm right or wrong for, for this sharing. But here's maybe a, another or greater comprehension a greater understanding of what's being said. Saved into the fullness of Christ. So now you're not looking over there. You're looking into his fullness. You're looking to know him in entirety. So when someone receives the Lord, the heart comes to a level of understanding that something has happened, transpired. I'm not the same I used to be. But the comprehension of the Lord may be small. I speak that of myself in my own experience. So the declaration of the Lord that can be declared out of us is according to the comprehension of him we have. And if I don't see clearly, then what I'm going to declare is not clear. But when I begin to see him toward fullness, then I'm going to declare him toward fullness. Whole different comprehension or a greater understanding of the comprehension, maybe is a better way to say it. But if we're dealing with Christ being revealed and living by the faith of the Son of God. So if I live by the faith of the Son of God, of justification, that I'm justified, and I walk in that understanding, 
Well, then I'm coming to a living of faith because that's what faith declares, that we are justified. His faith declares it. His, his substance declares that in me. Remember Hebrews definition, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the substance of Christ toward justification evidenced in my heart. You can go down the whole list of him. Holiness, righteousness, sanctification. And him in substance in all of these terms. Evidenced in me. Made apparent in me. By the spirit of the living God. Christ revealed in me. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now we come to that place of living because we believe, we, we comprehend. We are justified by him. And we dwell in the sureness of the Lord. Not the sureness of of Brother Jimmy or Brother Wayne, but the sureness of Jesus Christ. Now his sureness becomes our sureness. But we come to the sureness of Jesus Christ. So we come to this great comprehension of the Lord Jesus to live. And it comes through hearing the word of God, hearing the rhema of God, hearing Christ himself. That's what we hear. We hear him. And see, see, Paul writes this in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Paul writes to the Ephesians, verse 20, Ephesians 4. Says, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be, you have heard him and have been taught by him. So we're taught by hearing him and seeing him. That's how we're taught. As the truth is in Jesus that you put off Concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the truth that is in Jesus is that we have put off the old man. And we're being renewed through Christ, through hearing him, and being taught by him. Now, now that's not hearing him speak from outside me. That's, that's, that's not just reading my Bible. Now, I hear him through reading my Bible. I read my Bible. But it's not just reading the Bible it is hearing Christ Jesus, the Lord, declared 
by the Spirit of the living God. And we're taught by him that we hear. Now, that's what Paul was dealing with when we, when we began this. He did not confer with flesh and blood. And he didn't learn this by the apostles. But through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's what he set forth to the church, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the faith that was set forth to the church. Now, what man has done with it is made it a philosophy and a teaching. And, and, and that's what you have all over the earth today is philosophies and teaching. But that wasn't the faith that those, those apostles was contending for. They were contending for the faith of the Son of God who was living in them who had made himself alive in them. That's what they were contending for. That's what they were declaring. Look, look at what Paul says in the book of Colossians 2. Colossians 2. He says, well, verse 6, Therefore, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted and build up in him, built up in him, established in the faith. How are we established in the faith? By being built up in him, by Christ revealed. Established in the faith as you're taught. We're taught by him. We just read that. And overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive. How? Through philosophy and empty deceit, deceit, which are based on human tradition and the spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. See, see here's how we get taken captive. By not being taught of him but through philosophy and empty deceit, tradition of man, even Christian tradition. Now, he's dealing with some Jewish philosophies here in Paul's day. But what we get caught up in is Christian tradition and not the truth that's in Jesus. A lot of our debate is based upon tradition and not being taught of the Lord. But the Spirit shall teach you all things, yea, even the deep things of God. And, and we could say that is true in the person of Jesus Christ. The deep things of God are not something other than Jesus Christ. So when I read 1 Corinthians, I don't look for something other than Jesus Christ for the deep things of God. I look for the deep things of God as the Spirit of God declares Christ in me. That's where I look for the deep things of God. 
because that's what Jesus, you know, I, I quote John 16 so often, but I believe that is foundational to the new covenant understanding that the Holy Spirit would take that of him and declare it. One of the definitions, one of the translations says declare. Another one says show. How he shows us is he declares him through revelation. And the heart sees him through revelation. By the spirit of the living God declaring the eternal word of God. He declares him in our hearts. God spoke in old times by the prophets. Sundry times in divers ways. But in this last time, he speaks in son. He speaks in Christ. Now he did that up on the earth. Jesus came and God spoke. The words that I speak are not mine, but they are the Father's. He did that to Israel. He spoke in times past by the prophets. And at the end of those days, Jesus came and spake in the earth. But now he speaks in Son, in Christ, in you. And that's how God speaks. And that's what the heart has to hear and see. And that's how we live by the faith of the Son of God, because we see in that declaration of the Lord by the Spirit of the living God, we see the book of Romans come alive. And, there, and the book of Romans is so rich to our salvation. All these terms that we want to get a hold of. They come alive in the person. Justified. I'm telling you, we can read that in the Bible and we say, yeah, I believe that. Doesn't mean it's alive in me. <laughs> Doesn't mean I know it. That's what I'm talking about, is the person makes that alive. The deep things of God alive, the depth of God, the greatness of God. The person makes it alive. That's what the church is missing, is the declaration of the person of the gospel. We don't need no more words spoken. We need the word spoken in the earth that'll change lives. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Just want to share this, and I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I have so many notes in this. We'll just have to continue it next week. But in just want to read this scripture and just, just to share it with you. In the book of Matthew. Matthew what? 
I believe it's chapter 11. Bob, I may have done what I did before. So let me go in the Bible and see. Let me see if it ain't Matthew 11, 36 that I want. Bob knows what I do. I'll write it down in my notebook and not put the chapter down. Well, given that there is no Matthew eleven thirty six, I see that I have a slight problem. It's Matthew thirteen thirty six. Says here in this translation, I copied it into my notes. It said, "Then he left the crowds and went to the house." And his disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he says, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. And the field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom and the tares of the sons of the evil one. Now, let's, let's just dissect this with the word of God for a minute. Jesus at that time came to who? The house of Israel. At that time, he came to his own, his own received him not. It says, he says in another place, speaking of the Jews, he said, you are of your father, the devil. The tares are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. So just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. Now, people are looking for this to happen in the future. This is a future teaching, so to speak. But what a lot of people don't see, Bible scholars and so forth, the scripture says Jesus came to the Jews. <laughs> what, is it, what do I mean by that? Moses said that God's going to raise up a prophet to them, and they shall hear him. So here we go. So at the end of that age, what happened to Jerusalem? It was burned. What happened to the believers? They left. The Son of Man was sent forth these angels, and they were gathered out of his kingdom, all stumbling blocks, and those who commit lawlessness and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of his fathers who have ears. Let him hear. Now, I don't see this as a future happening of the Lord. I see this as Jesus speaking to Israel because that's who he was speaking to right there at that time. And the apostles gathered out those that were his. Do you know that? They gathered unto them. He sent forth his angels, the apostles, and gathered out those of his. And what come upon Jerusalem was weeping, and gnashing of teeth at the end of that age. And the righteous shine forth in the Father's kingdom. That's what Paul's declaring in the book of 2 Corinthians and Ephesians, that we're shining forth. 
You are now light in the Lord. Is that not shining forth if you're light in the Lord? Sure it is. You've been translated out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So myself, and, and the Lord can correct me, and, and he's who I want to correct me. I see that as fulfilled in Christ already. And there's weeping and gnashing of teeth of those in the flesh. I'm not telling you there's not things of the earth. But we're not coming into weeping and gnashing of teeth in the church. We are the light of the world. We are the brightness of the Lord. His light is shining in us to declare it in the earth. Anyway. I was just looking at some of the parables of the Lord, and, and I just, uh, you, you know, I know this is, for some people, this is out there, but that's okay. Check it out and see if it's true. See what the Spirit of the Lord will say. Don't, don't rest with what man tells you. That's what Paul said. <laughs> Hear him. Because the truth is in Jesus. Anyway, I'll I'll stop right there and open it up, and I'll start with Brother Bob Gooding.